Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Essential Apple Show. I'm back, but thank you very much to Mr. Carl Madden and Barry Gentleman for stepping in at the last moment and doing a sterling job of the show. Well, apart from one small audio segment that I'm going to play next week, because you know what, Carl? I'm going to get my own back. This week, everyone's got the week off. Carl's away, Barry's on yet another leg of his farewell tour, and it seems to be that his leaving do is lasting longer than Rolling Stone's last ever tour. Matt is probably on a plane or some corporate doodah thing somewhere, so it's just me. But this week, I'm not alone because I'm very, very happy to have a guest on who we had on about six months ago. And this is a little bit self-indulgent because it's a time where I'm going to get to ask the questions that hopefully you're going to find interesting to a developer. Now, this developer we had on before, he had the number one app in, I think it was 18 countries around the world for a good few weeks, released right at the time of the whole content blocker thing that was going around. This week, I have with me Mr. Dean Murphy. Dean, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing really well, thanks. Excellent. Thanks very much for coming on yet again. Uh, I've managed to arrange a guest to come on at the last minute, so thanks very much for coming on. Where were you when I tweeted you? Because it said something weird at the bottom of your timeline, like you were in Spain or something? Yeah, the last um, five days I've been in the Canary Islands, just having a little holiday. Um, I actually used to live there, so just catching up with some old friends. Well, that doesn't go to show that your ad-blocking app has been a bit of a success. I I don't know what does. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just a nice little break, just um, just especially after the busy few months with WWDC and everything. Just spend some time with the family. Did you did you enter WWDC lottery? Did you get the ticket? I didn't get the ticket, no, but I still went out there. Oh, right, so I'll tell you what, <laughs> well, let's start with that. What is it like going to WWDC when you haven't got a ticket? Do you feel slightly sort of bitter because everyone's going in and out of the building and you haven't got access? Or you know, tell, tell me about the experience. Yeah, okay. So I've never actually been to WWDC, and this is my first time going to San Francisco for the event. And yeah, there, there was like a little bit of jealousy. Like, you know, there's a lot of people going, and I really wanted to go. It's my first time going, and you know, why didn't I get picked? Um, and also, is it really worth me going out there? Am I going to benefit from it, even though I'm not going to this event? Um, and the thing I found out was... And unless you've got any real reason to speak to the Apple developers within the labs, um, it doesn't really matter if you don't have a ticket because everything is being live streamed this year. And shortly after, I think that's um, done at the event is available to download as well. So I didn't really miss out on that much. And I got to meet loads of cool people, um, go to loads of different events outside of WWDC. And yeah, just had a lot of fun, um, especially meeting people who are known on Twitter and just putting faces to names or faces to uh, uh, screen names, for example. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Did you ever have that moment where you go, oh yeah, hi there, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Dean Murphy, I'm the creator of Crystal, I had a number one app, how are you doing? Did you ever get <laughs> tempted just to sort of, you know, do the, hey, I'm a big shot, or were you fairly sort of grounded <laughs> after your experience? No, I'm, I'm quite um, introverted and not that outgoing so when I've, I've met quite a few people just sitting down at different events um the, funny enough the first two people I sat next to were from the Netherlands and they introduced themselves I introduced myself to them and 
I said, oh, I created an app called Crystal, an ad blocker. And he goes, oh, we use that. We use that. We've got that installed. And he like, pulled out the phones and showed me it as, you know, as proof. Like, you know, we're not lying. We, we really use it. I was like, well, that's just so crazy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's fantastic, isn't and, it? It's not like getting yeah. the recognition, but it's just really cool to see something that you've done in, in the real world. And plus, when you meet anyone from Europe, the Netherlands or Germany, you know that you've instantly got drinking buddies. So that's always a bonus. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's just been, uh, it happened quite a few times. I've like, said who I am and what I made and people go, oh, I know that app. I've, I've used it. I downloaded it. And it, that was just very bizarre to, uh, to experience. Well, let's go right back to the start then. So it was last year that Apple said all about content blocking. You're there. You've got a job. You, I'm assuming it's like your standard-ish nine-to-five job. What inspired you to say, you know what, I'm going to have a punt at writing a content blocker? Um, yeah, there's a funny story. So I used to work a lot of night shifts doing IT work, and it was like 12-hour shifts. So um, I quite enjoyed it because it's very... Um, yeah, I'm just very much a night person. Um, I, was, I always watch WWDC, and every year I always play around with the new things that they announce. And one of them was content blocking, and that really piqued my interest because I use an ad blocker on my Mac, and when I compare the the desktop experience of the web to the mobile experience, which is full of ads and it's just very slow and clunky, so I thought well, I'm just going to try and write a little ad blocker. So I wrote one that blocks ads on just one page and the load time for a page dropped from 11 seconds down to two seconds. And that's a, you know, a big dramatic change. You know, it's like nine seconds faster. I thought, what if I could do this on every page and just remove all the background stuff and just make it as fast as possible. And within a few months, I had Crystal um, and I blogged about it. It got a lot of attention and come day one, it was... I think it's from either 32 or 34 countries it went to number one spot on the App Store. And that was just, just blew me away. <laughs> one, one sort of semi-technical question. Mm-hmm. Now, it works on a filter list. Is there a trade-off with battery life? Because I'm, I'm going to guess that the filter list is getting quite substantial. When you're reloading a page, for what I, tell me if I'm wrong here, it loads up that list in a bytecode format or some machine... I can't remember the actual word, but it's not just reading text, is it? It puts it into another format which processes it. Does it? Does blocking adverts have an effect on the battery in so much as you've got a processor hoofing great big file to block all the adverts and the scripts? Is there like a bit of a trade-off there that you're aware of? Not really, no. Um, I mean, there, w- there will be a trade-off of, you know, iterating through a list of, I think I've got between seven and 9,000 rules it will iterate through. Um, Apple has optimized it heavily by taking my list, which is um, in a text format, and bring it down to bytecode, which is something I've never really understood exactly what they do um, on like a lower level. Um, so there is like some impact of like iterating for that list, but in raw terms, the gains you have of not loading all the adverts, which is around about. Um, on, when I ran a test last year, on average, it was you save about 50% of your bandwidth. So if a page takes 10 megabytes to load, it'll load with 5 megabytes. And that other 5 megabytes is adverts and trackers and everything. I so remember, you say, yeah. yeah. I, I remember seeing your, because um, you did a few graphs and a few um, data sets, didn't you? And I remember seeing them and 
I don't think anyone quite believed it until they tried it for yourself. And full disclosure, I was on the, the beta of this. And I can't even remember how we how I managed to find out about it, but I got onto your beta or beta, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, you click on a page and it loads. It's not this horrific, horrific incident. It almost makes me wish <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd found it before. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, just basically all them benefits of being you know, loading faster, loading less stuff in the background and, you know, downloading less JavaScript files and then iterating through them JavaScript files to execute them. That saves a lot of battery more so than what the list, what the filter list does. But um, yeah, when when marketing it, it sounds too much like, you know, improve your web browsing experience with one weird trick. You know, it sounds too good to be true. You know, I can make your your browsing four times faster and 50% less data and all these numbers. But once you try it, you see, wow, it really is this fast. It really is this lean. I didn't know the mobile web could be like this. No, uh, <laughs> and if you haven't got a, an ad blocker on there, and hopefully you will go and get Crystal after listening to this, it really makes a huge difference. So you've released an app. It's gone to number one, and it's gone a bit gangbusters. Now, if people haven't heard the show previously, I will link to it in the show notes. You made the decision to leave your job. What was it like waking up the first morning when you're at home you haven't had to go to work or go to work and you're just thinking about yourself and your world and going right now I'm a full-time developer what is that first (laughs) morning like when suddenly you realize your commute is from wherever you are at that moment to your office or wherever your computer is what what is that aspect of life like yeah it's very it's very strange I mean in my last um I, I could have if I wanted just um you know, just quit my job on that day and just say, I'm not coming in anymore. But I wanted to, you know, leave on good terms. I didn't want to screw over my team, etc. So I put in a 30 days notice um, and use up like a couple of weeks of my holidays as well, which I had uh, occurred. So in between that time, I was just going through the boring legalities of setting up a business, um, you know, going to, an, going to an accountant to ask for some advice and, you know, incorporating the company and, Create, you know, going to a bank and creating like a business account and all that boring, dull stuff. Um, along with, you know, ordering some equipment, you know, buying a desk and buying, you know, creating like all a the home rock and roll sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, just you know, buying a new monitor so I can plug my laptop in my MacBook into a into a monitor. Um, unfortunately, it's a Dell monitor because Apple don't do a four K uh, monitor yet. <laughs> Unfortunately, this was before the 5K IMAX, I believe. Yeah, you're right. It, w- it would have been. I think, didn't we have it on the show about, it must have been about nine months ago, and it's just interesting to think now what Apple has released, although we are sort of all hoping and wishing they are going to update something of the Apple line, because whereas I read that the Apple product line in terms of desktop and laptops is the most stalest it's ever been. Yeah, they've all got... Um... I know on MacRumors.com, they've got the buying list and everyone says do not buy because it's they're all due for a refresh um, based on the past you know trends of how often they release updated products apart from the new MacBook which is you know a really tiny tiny one when you got so you're all set up you're in your office was mm-hmm. there ever a moment where you thought oh crap what have I done? Were you confident <laughs> enough to think, yeah, now I know what I'm doing. I've had an app. I can keep going and move forward. Was there any sort of, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God moments? Not really. I was very lucky. Like, um, I, I never thought I'd quit my job unless I had 
I had like a figure in my head of how much money I'd need to quit my job. Um, and then luckily with Crystal, within the, the busy, busy launch periods, I got like, you know, a few years worth of revenue compared to what I'd get from my current job. So that's like a very nice safety net um, of money behind me to, you know, make mistakes and, you know, take things slow and um, not have to worry about bringing in all this extra income, for example. Yeah. So it's, um, and it's just, not just like, be sustainable. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like you haven't got a safety net. You know that you can survive for a period of time before you really have to get squeaky bum syndrome. And I can imagine that sort of aids productivity because you don't have to worry about where the next rent or mortgage payment is going to come from or, or work to that sort of pressure. You've effectively freed yourself up to just do the important thing of thinking about what you're going to do with your app. Exactly, yeah. Uh, my business has like the revenue to sustain itself for so long and as long as i keep at it and keep getting more revenue every month um i mean i've, I've got quite lean quite a lean outgoing like I'm, I'm not you know i'm not buying up fancy cars and boats and and stuff like that so i've got quite a small i only need like a small amount of income to live a life that i'm happy with so it all comes that kind of like work-life balance like i'm not living in san francisco you know the most expensive city in the world I'm living in somewhere in the northeast of England where it's, you know, a fraction of the cost can get you a bigger house. Well, I mean, Sheffield up north, that's becoming a bit of a digital hub these days, isn't it? Because there's a huge sort of retro uh, retro scene going on up in that area. And I believe, is it Hallam University has got the biggest course or the biggest campus for programming unity i think i listened to the other day so yeah up north um plus the people are nice up north as well um every time i go to wigan or lee it's always uh, an enjoyable experience yeah they're so friendly and the beers are nice and cheap and the pubs are quite friendly to go into so yeah i've got no complaints up here i love it up here I remember going into a working man's club and uh, they, they poured a pint and it had about two inches of froth on the top and I was almost going to complain, almost. And then he said, oh, that'd be £1.70. Suddenly, I didn't feel the need to complain. Funny that. Um, so you released Crystal right at the start of the whole content blocking slash ad blocking revolution, shall we say. Do you think if you released it now, you would have the same success or would it, do you think it would have just been, uh, just become one of many in the app store? Did, did releasing in the start benefit you? Um, very much so, I believe. Um, it was very much a very short gold rush for, because people had been hearing about these apps for um, uh, since WWDC. So for like a few months, I've been hearing about them in the news, covered a lot in the press, um, a lot of it because I've been blogging about it, a lot of it because other people were blogging about it and running tests and talking about the benefits of one and the pros and cons. So, yeah, everyone just wanted to download one day one. And I'm very much surprised that um, within... I've done like a funny little marketing trick, which none of the other... I've never done before and I was just it's one of these things I've just done as a gamble I released it f um, I always intended it for it to be a paid app but um, I released it for free for 24 hours just um, on the basis that I emailed out my newsletter list and said if you like it you can download it for free um, in return I'd like it if you shared it with your friends if you you know if you like it um, donate to my PayPal if you like it, you know, like a patronage kind of thing. Um, 
in exchange. So just share it or just, you know, just send a few dollars my way if you or a few pounds my way if you like it. Yeah, but yeah, I, I remember that. I was part of that mailing list and I, I took you up on that offer. Yeah, so I think I had about 11, 11 or 12,000 people on my mailing list at that time, uh, which basically the mailing list started as I started blogging about Crystal. So it's all people that's interested in this content blocking app. And then um, within the first 24 hours, I got downloaded 127 or 28,000 times. Whoa. And that's a crazy number, especially considering you can only download it on iOS 9. And that, you know, that lit- it launched alongside iOS 9, you know, alongside a new operating system. So um, that just blew me away. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I flicked the switch over to paid and then the numbers dropped considerably because that's the way the app store works you know people grab something for free but less people pay for it but then enough people did pay for it over the next you know few months a few weeks whatever to uh to make it worthwhile i mean that that is a lot of money just to it's if you think about that it's one hell of a marketing campaign budget but like you said it's paid off yeah i mean my app after switching it over to page like it didn't really make a bump at all in the free charts which was surprising like it didn't really hit the top of the free charts or anywhere near the top 10 or top 20 in any countries, even though it got quite a lot of downloads in in a very short period of time. But as soon as I flicked over to paid, it got a lot less downloads, but hit the top of the charts within a few days. It was in like 32 or 34 countries. I will admit, one of the articles that I'm uh, looking to write is how often are the competitors updated? Because I'm going to take a stab in the dark here that there was quite a lot of apps released and they haven't been updated. And I think I've taken a look and out of, I think, a dozen that I've looked at, some haven't been updated for at least six months. But I don't know if that's because they don't need updating or if development has ceased. But you kind of, I don't know, I still think there is a trick to these apps well, there is obviously a trick where these apps just release an update and it just says bug fixes, purely because for the people like me who don't have automated uh, updates turned on, it's like a nice little reminder to go, oh yeah, I haven't used that app for a bit, or I forgot I've got that app installed on my phone. Yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing with content blocking apps. There's no real user engagement with them. There's no real need to, once you've you know opened it once and enabled it, there's no real need to go back and do anything for the best part, because um, it's nine out of 10 people will be happy that it's, you know, to set all the settings as they want. It's blocking the ads. They don't, you know, they can just forget about it and let it do its job. Um, with my app, I haven't updated it. I haven't updated the iTunes app for, for a while, uh, for a good few months, but I have been updating the block list, which updates separately to, it doesn't update through the app store. It updates remotely through, uh, through itself, through CloudKit. So it, Every time I push out an update, it will automatically download it and and uh, update the block list at, to make sure it's blocking like, all the right ads and everything. So there, are, so there is background updates. Now, we can't talk about adverts without delving into... Well, you also had good, you had good press, but you also suffered a bit of the hands of those famous app store reviews of One Star because you did go down or you did start promoting the fact you were going to... You you could you could introduce a white list of adverts that would be allowed to be shown on in Crystal. Can you tell us a little bit about that, the decision behind it, and then what was the reaction and what was the eventual outcome? Yeah, yeah exactly. So it was a very small um, interview I had with the Wall Street Journal, and just one of the questions was, um, 
there's a company called Adblock Plus who promote acceptable ads, which is a um, it basically lets users choose to enable ads that meet a criteria and then block pretty much all the bad ones. So all the ones that play music, noise, and um, only let through like very basic ads to help support their favourite websites, an example. Um, unfortunately, it makes for a very good headline that you know this, the biggest app, sto- the, you know the biggest app on the App Store that, at the current time, which is Crystal, is going to start letting through ads and. And yeah, it just creates like a good narrative for a story, especially when media companies who are paid by ads um, don't really like ad blockers. So um, yeah, I just—it's a little bit unfortunate. I've got a few bad reviews, but you know, a few weeks later, no one really cared about it. Yeah, it's, it's not like the Wall Street Journal to uh, <laughs> to cause a fuss about adverts and advert blocking. I believe they do. Um, they have those annoying scripts on their site saying you're damaging our company by having an ad blocker on. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> so, where are you now in the state of allowing acceptable ads? Do you know what? Sort of, do you still do acceptable ads in Crystal? Yeah, so um, it's not enabled at the moment, but it will be in the next update. And um, I've got a few other cool features that I've added in. Um, it's taken quite a while because I've added, I want you to do like a big update that just includes everything rather than just like several small updates. Um, so that's probably one little mistake I've made. It's just been a habit of like feature creep, just where I just think the same go, well, let's add that in, let's add this in and just try and fit everything into one big update. In hindsight, I probably should have just released several smaller updates, but um, I'm going to see if I can get like an Apple Apple to feature it because if you do a big update, you can let their um, their team know, the uh, App Store team know, and there's a chance they might feature the app if it's having like a major update. So that's possibly one positive that might come out of the delay. Well, well, we'll, we'll come on to uh, your meeting with some Cupertino-style people in a bit. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and also, I've got acceptable ads running on the Android version, which we'll probably touch on soon. So acceptable ads is running on there. Um, people will seem fine with it, judging by the reviews that I'll get on Google Play. Um, it's very clear how to turn it on and turn it off, you know, uh, and manage the... and what the feature does. So... Um, and that's running really well, so I'm looking forward to bringing it over to um, Crystal on iOS and just help it, um, you know, just try and help the industry have healthier advertising. Oh, that's, I think that's the, that was the next part I was going to come on to in the show notes we've got here. Just one quick question. I mean, when you're deciding about an acceptable advert or an acceptable provider, is this something that you're deciding or are you going to a third party? Yeah, the the sort of, I suppose the question I'm asking is how or why should we trust you as a developer not to be led by money to let a corporation through your network? So what's going to be your criteria for the balance of user experience versus the acceptable ads that are going to come through? Um, That's the beauty of it in my part i don't have any say in the criteria so i am not the one who's um choosing which ads are good which ads are bad this is all done by adblock plus who's the biggest ad blocking um not app um tool i guess biggest ad blocking tool um on browsers i think they've got just over 100 million users they recently announced um and they're the ones who set the criteria at the moment and they're looking to bring that criteria over to an external, um, what's the word, external committee made up of people in the advertising industry, user advocacy groups um, in the publishing industry. So just trying to get all the voices together to decide what makes ads, what makes acceptable ads 
acceptable. So, um, and they've got, they're very transparent with how they work and that's pretty much why I like and respect them and I'm choosing to work with them on this project. Well, again, that brings us on to another question I've always had is that with the, with the advent of content blockers, have we in fact made the situation worse for ourselves? Because I was on a local news uh, website for my little area and they had the most massive banner at the bottom to say, um, please disable your ad blocker by disabling if you by having an ad blocker on you're hurting local journalism you're hurting this website for revenue and blah 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 and these banners that are telling you to get around um yeah sorry telling you to turn off your ad blockers should they not be included is being uh blocked if possible I just, it, it just infuriated me that the reason i've got this blocker on is because your site is doing something that i don't want to happen like this particular website the reason it's on is it's got these stupid auto playing videos and whoever thinks that is a good idea just to be needs to be taken out and shot against the wall <laughs> oh yeah tell me about it um so yeah with stuff like that I th- I, um it, it's hard to draw a line like you know where an ad blocker ends and ad blocker you know where an ad blocking should block i mean technically that's not an ad it's like the cookie warning so that's what i'm looking to do in in my next update is one of the things is look at other things that can be blocked for example warning messages but they're a lot harder to catch than than ads because they're a lot newer and not a lot of people are actively blocking them or updating a list of all the different websites that have these warnings so that's something i'm looking into um including definitely um as like an optional feature for people but for these companies a lot of the work needs to be done is like if people on your website are turning to ad blocking you got to look at why they're turning to ad blocking and what you can do to make your website better to you know not encourage people to ad blocking because people are only ad blocking sorry people are only blocking ads because they've reached this level of frustration with the web at some point um some have a higher threshold than others but everyone's reached the same frustration whether it be an autoplay video it, you know that's a very high frustration or if it's just some people are just very annoyed by little banner ads that flash so um it's just basically turning your website into not a frustration experience but it, it's very hard to do for websites as well because you know, the frustrating ads are the ones that probably get the most views and the most clicks. And it's it's a very broken, um, advertising is a very broken industry. I it's find. a very race. It's already raced to the bottom. And it's almost like, see who can release the most scummiest adverts. Because we all remember those flash adverts where you, was it, you shot the monkey or you bashed the monkey on the head or spin some coins. And oh, it's, it just got to just just gone to a mess. Do you think we're ever going to get a pl- going to get to a place now with this consortium and with just how prevalent ad blocking is? And I know I know the problem because on the other side of the coin, I'm signed up to several affiliate member lists where they have seminars on how to get around ad blockers, and there's just now this whole cottage industry of trying to beat ad blockers. Do you ever think we're going to get around to a point where people are going to realise that make adverts tolerable? Make them half decent, and we won't have the need to block block them. They don't need to be flashy and everything like that because we all develop out. We all we've all developed this way of tuning out content we don't want to see anyway. Do you think that time will ever come, or have we just gone too far for that? I hope so. I hope so. And um, we was in. I was in a um, New York a few weeks ago, uh, a few months ago, a conference called CleanAds.io, and that's all about making clean advertising 
um, and just just improving the advertising experience at the moment because a lot of people know that the web is broken or the advertising is broken on the web. They just don't know how to fix it while still, you know, make, being profitable and still getting the income. Um, but the truth is, ads are quite terrible, which is why, you know, they give you a very terrible return, you know, like a few dollars per thousand views, for example, if you're lucky. So a lot of websites have several different ad networks, you know, they have banners at the side, banners at the top, all by different companies, banners at the bottom, which, you know, recommend different links to go to, you know, like 10 ways you can clean your fingernails. Oh, yeah, I brain clickbait. Celebr- you know. You'll never believe what this celebrity looks like now. Shocking pictures. 10 things <laughs> you didn't know about the cast of Mork and Mindy or some other guff like that <laughs> at the bottom. And it's always sponsored by exactly. Outbrain. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. Out, Outbrain's a big one. Uh, there's a few others, and and yeah, I mean, they're not too bad. Sometimes they give these really grotesque pictures to get you to look at them. You know, like people, you know, like waltz up close, and you know, ten reasons why you might get waltz, and you know, crap like that. And they always take you to through. And the <laughs> worst thing is, they then take you through to a website nine times out of ten, where let's say celebrities now and then you have to click next on every single image. So you go through about 20 pages and those pages are just laden with adverts as well. So you click on an ad just to get laden with even more ads. It's just, oh, it's, it's just a complete nightmare. And, and this is why I run content blockers in public service announcement just to refresh you for everyone if you do have a website that you want to support just on your ios device all you have to do is click and hold on the x at the or the reload button on the top of the address bar and it will pop up at the bottom saying reload about content blockers so if you all so if you do want to support a site it's just literally a tap away yeah, yeah, um, and especially in a future update of Crystal, there there is um, update. Uh, sorry, it's going to be give you the option to whitelist websites of your preference. So if there's a website that you don't mind seeing ads on, um, like EssentialApple.com, just putting that one out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'd recommend doing that. Your your you know your site's quite lean on ads and doesn't bug you, bug you know, bug everyone. So yeah, that's quite cool. I, I do have plans on. I'm going to keep adverts on the site, but I've got an idea of how I want the site to look and where I want the adverts to go, which I think will, they'll make them noticeable, but they're not going to be right in your face. Just the problem is I lack any CSS coding ability, so I'm currently looking for someone. (laughs) Anyways, so clean ads, who is that? What is that? How did that come about? And what was it like you the experience in New York? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So it, uh, it's a um there's a company called ad exchanger um they are a news website for the advertising industry um and they run a few yearly conferences all based around different parts of advertising and this is uh, clean ads was all about funny enough clean advertising and just you know getting ad- making advertising better i was invited about a month before if i'd like to attend and um be part of a panel and I was on a panel with um, Till, Till Fader from Adblock Plus. Um, I can't remember his name, but it was from it was from Google. He was in charge of uh, sustainable advertising, and um, Ben something from SourcePoint, who is a company who reinserts ads to people who block them. Or well, he's got a company that does that. So it was all different sides of the ad blocking industry on this panel and we was all just just having a chat about the industry and 
you know, saying how ad blocking is bad and how it's good, and it was quite, it was quite fun. So let me get this right. So you've gone. So let's just get a gap here. Six months ago, you were there. You released an app. Now you're in New York. Is there ever a point where you just go, holy moly, how my life has changed? <laughs> you say you live frugally, but you, you, you've been on holiday in the Canary Islands, gone to New York, and you've been to Cupertino, which we're going to cover in a minute. Is there, is there a point where you're sort of starting <laughs> to think, yep, I'm living the dream? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the, the travel is, uh, the, you know, the opportunities for travel is definitely quite a part of it. I mean, the Canary Islands is nothing to brag about. That's you know, very cheap Ryanair flight. And, um, I've got lots of friends out there, so I've got an apartment to stay in if I go over there. So that was quite cool. But, um, yeah, when I got invited, like, I booked San Francisco cause I've always wanted to go to WWDC. I always wanted to go to San Francisco during that time. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to book it. Um, as soon as I knew the dates, I booked it. And then a few weeks later, I just got an email saying, Hey, do you want to come to New York? And I was like two weeks before San Francisco. I was like, can I do this? Should I go? You know, I'm not used to public speaking. Will I be any good? You know, um, tickets for this conference, this is a one-day conference, and it costs like $1,200. Holy moly. So I think, are people going to pay $1,200 and then be okay with seeing me? You know, I'm not going to give them that kind of value. Um, but, yeah, apparently apparently it went, it went really well. And um, it was a good discussion. I haven't watched the video back. There is a video... Um, I can send you afterwards. Yeah, to have please, a look please. Uh, well, again, yeah. that that will you be can... in the show notes. Did, what did you? So after you've been to this conference, what was your main take home from it? What did you feel that you see? What you, you've done there? You've been out. You've said that you're quite introverted. Did you enjoy the experience? And what was the main thing that you walked away from? Uh, walked away with? Um, I just walked away with a little bit of confidence, thinking I can do this. I can sit on a stage in front of um you know a few hundred people you know all from these big companies like you know time warner and uh, nielsen uh, and loads of others i can't remember the name off off the top of my head but all these big name companies and you know talk about ad blocking and essentially it's even harder because i'm an ad blocking company and there was me and till representing ad blocking and the rest you know every single attendee and every single presentator was there from the advertising industry, who we are essentially hurting in a way, or they see us as like the bad guys. Um, so that's a very that's very a very awkward situation to be in. So they've bought two of the quite prominent ad blocking <laughs> people to put them in the same room. Do you not think that you know they might have just been doing this? They could take pictures and follow you around, and just keep tabs on you, conspiracy theory wise. <laughs> but you walked away. You walked away and you had fun, and obviously it's yeah it's done wonders for your for your confidence. Any more plans for any more jet settings? Have you been booked for any more corporate speaking events yet? No, not yet, not yet. Um, but I did find that um, people are very friendly, even though even once I told them I'm an ad blocker, they they've you know they're quite friendly, quite approachable, and talkative to you, and that was really cool. Um, and also, I just felt. As an outsider looking in, like I don't really know much about the advertising industry, but I've been learning a lot more about it because essentially I'm in the advertising industry, just a very weird part of it that, you know, damages it essentially, I guess, in a way. Um, trying not to, trying to, you know, with accepted ads and whitelisting and other things, I'm trying to, you know, 
make it better and help it improve and be a catalyst for that improvement. But I just found that they've just got so many different problems beyond ad blocking, like um, fraud, for example, so much ad fraud and so many different third-party companies within the chain of ads. Like before the ad even appears to you, it goes through all these different third parties who all take a piece of the pie um, just to make sure, you know, they're targeting the right person for the right thing and the right demographic and it, it's just so such a broken from what i can see industry it's not like i can buy an ad to just put on a website it's like i've got to buy an ad to this person and then before it you know it just goes through several third parties before it actually hits a real living person um assuming it does hit a person not a bot it's just just very rife with fraud and yeah uh, it's just just a big web of who knows where this data is all going? Yeah, it, it's interesting <laughs> to hear because you know I'm probably representative of the people listening to the show that we just think of that advert coming onto our site, or sorry, coming onto our browser. And yeah, there may be one or two people you know tracking it, but for the fact there's actually a conference in New York that is dedicated to looking at these adverts and looking at the actual issue of advertising, it does speak you know, volumes about it. Let's move on a little bit then. Uh, you you mentioned the the A word, Android. What's it like? What was it like <laughs> going over to the dark side? And what did you program with? And again, tell us about that experience. Yeah. So um, in you know, you know, there's that very funny um, meme that goes around that you know, anytime Apple does something, Samsung will copy it. You know, in, in the Apple world, that's always something, you know, Apple released a gold phone, Samsung released a gold phone six months later, and then they do rose gold, Samsung will do rose gold. In December, Samsung contacted me to say, um, we're working on a new beta for our next version of Android um, in our web browser, which is the second biggest oh, web browser on, so on Android. Just, just, go, just say that one <laughs> more time. So a prominent iOS developer <laughs> gets contacted by Samsung. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the way you're sounding out um, so casual about this as well. It's all like, yeah, yeah, Samsung. You know, I was <laughs> I was in the other week. I was in New York, and I came back from the Canary Islands, and yeah, Samsung just dropped me a line. God, you've changed. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Tell, I'm still Jenny from the block. So Samsung reach out to you. Still, yeah, Samsung reached out to me and um, signed a few NDAs, etc. To yeah, and they sent me updated software um the gist of it is in their web browser which is the second biggest web browser on android um next to chrome they are building in content blocking functionality for whatever reason <laughs> uh, maybe because someone you know apple you know is such success and drove such like uh you know it's such a big success on apple so they wanted to do it on their platform so um, they reached out to me and asked if I want to bring over Crystal to their platform. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've never done Android development, but I'll give it a go. It's something, you know, it's a good skill to know. And this is a good sample project to, to you know, to dig into. Um, and I spoke to Adblock Plus, who I've got this little relationship with. And and they said, you know, they've got, um, they've, they've been given the same sort of offer. You know, would you like to develop your ad blocker for our system so we kind of worked together and um i contributed a bit to their to their app and i've it's all open source so i've forked it and turned it into crystal and they've got their version which is adblock plus so we kind of worked collaboratively on this project so it was a very short time frame to get it released 
And then I think it launched in February. Um, the first contact was like in the middle of December. So, you know, I had like one and a half months to do this and I helped them out. They helped me out and we've both got a product out of it, which is quite cool. So um, Crystal is on Android for Samsung devices. Fantastic. What, what was it like? Can you say much about what it was like to work with Samsung? Did you have much contact or was it literally, here's an NDA, here's a deadline, go? Yeah, well, they're very, it's quite nice because I signed an NDA with them. You know, I could um, just drop them an email and just ask them silly little questions like, you know, this isn't working, I'm getting this error message. Can you help me with that? Because there was no documentation at this time and they were still develop, actively developing it. So that was really cool. I was like, speaking directly to developers who are based in Boston. Um, and then they done a lot of QA on it as well. So I had to submit my app to them to do for them to like QA it and just test it's working and you know test. I guess they want to test how their implementation works with a third party app such as mine or other people who got um, who got who ported over to Samsung. So yeah, they're, they're very cool and open to speak uh, open to speak to, and that that was quite nice. How did you find them? Let's 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 ask the question. How did you find them compared to some people that you've spoken to at Cupertino? Um, you don't have to answer that one if you don't want to. <laughs> no, it's it's not really. You know, these guys are better. These guys, you know, these were better. And then, um, I've I've only spoken to a few different Apple employees. Um, a lot of them on the WebKit team, which is a WebKit is basically the basis of Safari, and that's open source. So they're very open because they develop openly. You know, it's all open source. They release, uh, even now they release, you know, they used to release nightly builds. Now they do uh, the technology previews every week or two of Safari. So they're very open to speak to because they're not hiding anything. They're developing everything pretty much out in the open. Um, but I know some departments in Apple are very secretive and will only announce what they're working on, um, you know, at big events like WWDC or major um, iOS launches, like, you know, a point three point four update, for example. So, um, yeah, no, Samsung was very helpful. I think a lot of it was because they wanted to get their implementation right and they were actively working on their implementation while letting me develop against it. So they really had like no outside sources working with them. So that was quite nice. Always good to get in out of the ground floor. What was, what's been the feedback like on the Google Play Store? Uh, it's, is, have you found a different experience to the sort of feedback you get on the iOS App Store? Yeah, so for a start, I'm, I'm, I released it for free, for example. Uh, on iOS, it's paid. On Google, I think... I just released it for free. Um, it's got accessible ads built in, so that's a, a way of monetizing it. And the reason I've done it for free instead of paid is because it's you know Android is a very different beast altogether. It's very rife with piracy. Um, for example, a, a game that I play called Chameleon Run. I don't know if you've no, heard of it. No. It was fe- it was featured on the App Store a few weeks ago, and I just downloaded it on a whim. And I saw the developer tweet it out. Um, on Android, his piracy rate is 98.5%. Yowch. I know. And I, I emailed him back and said, you know, I, I tweeted him back and said, given that 1.5% are paid, did you sell enough to make it, in hindsight, was it worth it making it for Android, even though 
you know, is that 1.5% bringing enough revenue to make it worth it? And his tweet back said, no, it wasn't. <laughs> so um, I don't think I would have released it for, as a paid app, especially because it only works on the latest Samsung phones running the latest and um, slightly older ones running the latest um, Android version. So, you know, Android's customers, not through their fault, but sometimes through the carrier's fault or the manufacturer's fault, don't get the updates quick enough to be able to update to the latest version. Um, I mean, I didn't get the latest version of Android until March, which was like a month after my app launched, so I couldn't actually download it properly through Google Play for a month. And that, you know, that's uh, and that was a, that's an out-of-the-box phone, not, you know, tied to a carrier or anything. And that's always been one of the issues with Android, isn't it? That yes, it is a good open uh, open platform. It's a it's a big big platform, but the lack of updates is it worries me, especially with like you, you nailed it on the head. The amount of piracy that you can do on an Android phone uh, isn't exactly yeah you know, conducive to anyone I would imagine wanting to go on there. But it, it does still have quite a healthy ecosystem. Have you done any work with iOS ten? Is that have you done anything with the betas, or are you sort of holding off until everything is uh, finalised and nailed down? Should we say? Um, yeah, I've done a, a very little amount on the betas. There's some. There's a feature very specific to iOS 10 that I'm not going to say what it is now, but um, I might say to you off air. But it's something that I can see being a good feature for Crystal. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, but uh, I'll leave. I'll leave it there. But um, as as for Android, yeah, I just found with such a high level of piracy and also. I was only targeting a very narrow subset of devices, just purely Samsung phones made within the last 24, uh, sorry, the last 12 months. That's a very small part of the market, and especially on the latest version of Android that hadn't even been released yet. So it just wasn't make sense making it paid. It was just free was the best option to go for. Have you had much in terms of support requests from the Android community, or has it, or, or much in a way of feedback directly coming to you at all? Um, yeah, I've had quite a few feedbacks. And one thing I do love about Google Play um, and the Android, the Android Store, Google Play, is if someone writes a review, you could, I can reply to it as a, as a developer. So I can clean up any misconceptions I've got. For example, someone downloaded it um, and said, oh, it was something silly, like he, it just it wasn't working. He downloaded it and it wasn't working. And it turns out he was using Google Chrome and it doesn't work on Google Chrome, it only works on Samsung. So that kind of told me that maybe I'm not making it as clear enough that it only works on the Samsung browser, not the Google Chrome browser. So I, I got to reply to him and said, oh, okay, fair enough. I'll change my review. Um, I didn't know that was the case. So yeah, I really like the idea that you can reply to people's reviews and just, you know, just set the record straight. And just, if they've got a misunderstanding, you can clean it up and and also learn from their misunderstanding. Yeah, maybe it's not clear or this this part of it. So I really like that feature. Yeah, it, it is one of the biggest problems within the App Store because you see so many people where it says crashes on launch, one star. And that's just, <laughs> oh, you just think that's just so not helpful. It's like, in what world? It's like, you wouldn't take your car, you wouldn't get into your car and call like, you know, a repairman and say, oh, my car won't start. And they go, what's wrong with it? And you go, oh, well, you've just given me, I'm, you, you wouldn't give the repairman a one star rating based on the knowledge that you've given them. It's, it, it is endemic, isn't it? Exactly. And and also it makes it 
it's better for people who are, you know, who base their purchases off of reviews. If they see a bad review, they can also read the comment underneath from the developers saying, you know, either debunking it or apologizing and saying, okay, I found this bug, I'm going to fix it on the next release, you know. So it's, I think it's very reassuring as well for people who are looking to purchase. They see a bad review and they just see like the response for it as well, you know, and the, the acknowledgement of it. But um, all in all, I've had, um, I think it's just had under, just under 30,000 downloads. Um, and it's got four, just over four stars, 4.13 stars um, on the Android store. So I'm very happy with that. So in terms of availability of having this specific handset and a specific OS system, are you fairly happy with that figure given just how big and populated and small target market or were you expecting more or, or did you have any expectation, uh, expectations at all being on the Google Play Store? Yeah, given all these variables, I didn't really know what to expect. Like they said it's the biggest, the second biggest browser on Android. But that doesn't really clarify how many, you know, how many users that they wouldn't clarify, for example, how many users that had. And even if they did, they they wouldn't be able to say how many users are going to be on the next six, the Android six update, which was coming out in a few months time. You know, how many would update to, to it. So, yeah, no, I'm quite happy with that. It's It's something that's there for the future. It's not like iOS where, you know, you had that big rush period at the beginning. Um, with Android, I think it's just slow and steady. It's just going to grow over time as more devices come out preloaded with the latest version of Android. Um, for example, I got like a, a significant bump once um, the Galaxy 7 came out in March, I want to say, March or April. Um, so as more devices are coming out with this feature already baked in, that'll be a lot easier because a lot of people have contacted me and said why doesn't it work on my device why can't i run it and so sorry you you don't have android 6 and it looks like you never will have because because android <laughs> are you locked into an exclusivity agreement with samsung then or is there ever going to be a plan to say open up so it will work with um, chrome no there's no exclusivity so i can you know i've got full control over crystal um on, on android as well so there's no exclusivity at all i'll probably wouldn't update it for chrome and well i don't think i can update it for chrome because chrome doesn't allow any extensions on mobile on, on mobile so unless they open that up i haven't really got any options so overall not a bad experience at all no not at all it's um in douchey business speak it strengthens the brand and oh, you know it's, it's out there in more Lord. in more eyes example yeah so, I know. I so you're, the base that you're touching has increased significantly in line with strategic market <laughs> positioning oh god i feel <laughs> yeah something, i feel something tainted like i feel tainted let's yeah let's go on to san fran you went out to san francisco and i've got a note here that says since last year i got to visit cupertino and, and met some of the safari team can't say too much what can you say about that visit? What took you there? Was it just a trip or was it part of something else? And how did you come about meeting the safari team whom you can't say too much about? Yeah, um, the coffee was really good in the Apple, in Cafe Mac, which is the Apple cafe, employee cafe. The coffee's really good there. <laughs> now I can say a bit more you than set that. set foot so, inside um, the hallowed halls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i got past the security guy so that's uh that was a start i've still got my 
visitor pass in my uh, in my wallet just just as a memorabilia keepsake. Um, so yeah, what happened was um, ad blocking, sorry, content blocking had just come out a few months prior. I just emailed some of the guys on the WebKit team and just said, I'm coming over to San Francisco. It'd be nice to meet up with you guys and just have a talk about content blocking and future. Um, I'm coming out with the guys from Adblock Plus to attend. There was a Google conference um, called Google Chrome Summit, which is just all about Chrome developers and and the Chrome infrastructure. So they were going out for that and I thought I'd join them, you know, just to get to meet them and um, socialise with them a little, little bit. And so, oh, we're all here. Let's, all, let's try and see if we can get a meeting with Apple, you know, just speak to them about content blocking and the future. And there's a few little shortfalls that we see that they that can be improved and, you know, we can just talk to them about it and see what their opinions are. Um, so, yeah, we, we they replied back and said, yeah, just, just come come by all three on this day we'll come down and meet you and they took us into a little garden garden in the uh center of their campus and just a little a little chat just about content blocking and the industry and everything and that all stemmed from you just firing off an, an email to them you, you didn't have any prior contacts there you didn't have no one on the inside you just went you know what let's fire off an email and see what happens and did you tell them you were in the area to go and see <laughs> google or did you keep that one a bit quiet <laughs> I just said I was in I was in the area. I didn't say I was there to see Google. It wasn't see Google. It was just to go to the yeah, area. Yeah, but you know what I mean. It's like, oh yeah, conference. I'm in the area. I'm in the area going to a Google conference. By the way, I'd like quite like to stop and chat have a chat with you and tell you how to do your job. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so it, it wasn't like a cold email saying you know, hey, I'd like to meet you. Um, it it was it. Um, I've, I was speaking to a couple of the guys during the course of the run up um, before iOS nine launched just asking a few questions about content blocking and how it works, you know, how the functionality works, just because it wasn't documented at this time. As when WWDC happens, all the new APIs get released, but they're not really documented until a few weeks before or sometimes after WWDC. So if you get stuck on a bug and there's literally no way of working it out because the only people who know how it works are the people who, you know, implemented it. So that's how I got to, got to meet some of the Safari team and just kind of, email back and forth about a few things and just yeah so i just dropped them an email and they said yeah sure come come by and um that's that's really cool i really respect them for that just um you know you think of apple as like this really closed company who doesn't let outsiders in but they, they were quite cool i like, say they wouldn't talk much about you know what they were working on and what the next steps are but they're very receptive to our feedback and just gave us the right advice of you know how to you know just file radars and they even got their laptops out at some point to show us how something works. And yeah, it was a really cool experience. Well, of course, it sounds like, you know, they were engaging and they, you know, they weren't just sort of like, oh, this is a PR opportunity. Did you go there with any expectations of how you thought they would be or how you thought you, know, you were going to be treated? Or did you just go there with a completely open mind? And you know, what, what, was the, what was it like to go in and know that you're there in Apple's world talking to people who were designing probably, you know, what was <laughs> I can't even explain it. You know, what, was it, what was going through your head? Tell us a bit more about the personal side of that experience. Yeah, I was very giddy because you know i'm a big apple fan um the other guys were a lot cooler because they're not they're not like you know heavily as into apple as me but i'm like a big apple fan so it's like you know it's like i've gone to you know i've done like a pilgrimage i've gone to mecca or i've gone to like bethlehem and you know 
I found like the golden arc sort of thing, the lost arc. So yeah, I was just like really giddy. It's like, am I really here? What am I doing here? You know, three months ago I was working in an office and now I'm in Cupertino and we know where everything I've bought is made. Um, so yeah, I was just, you know, every time someone walks past, you just look at their face and think, is that Johnny Ive? Is that Phil shit? You know, is that that person? And no, I didn't see any celebrities. Oh, there. that was going to be my well, next not question. But you, any. you didn't get to see the the, <laughs> yeah. the head holding shows. No, I didn't. Um, I didn't notice anyone I saw. But um, yeah, it was just really, really nice. Just talk to the employees, and they're just really just normal people, just doing their job essentially. And you know, if they can get feedback from, because ultimately they're not making an ad blocker. Um, they're implementing what they think ad blockers need to be sustainable on iOS. So when you said earlier, like, you know, you're going in to tell them how to do the job, it's not so much that, it's just telling them what we'd like them to give us to be able to do our job sort of thing. So um, just, just voice some concerns of, you know, um, one one big one that's, that's bugs me and it's not been fixed is the user flow of how to enable content blocker on iOS. Yeah. I don't. So you've got to you open up the app, the content blocking app, and then chance it will just give you instructions to go to your settings app, and then scroll down to Safari, and scroll down to content blocking, and find the app, and then tick the box. There should be a way, I think, for developers to either enable that setting within their app, or deep link into the settings app to that exact page where you can enable it. Because it's a if you you know thinking of my mum or you know. My, one of my grandparents using an iPad, that's going to confuse them. You know, go to settings, go to here, go to there, go to there, tick the box. You know, that's a very confusing workflow for for some people. And it is quite a few steps to remember. And especially my memory's gone to hell in humbug recently. <laughs> you're right, you have to go through all the... I can't even recall now the settings that you have to go through. And then you're relying on the user to know to double tap, to go bring up the task manager, to go back to the app, to read the next bit of the instructions, to then double tap again to go through. Did they take that on board? Did they, or are you not allowed to say what might be happening next with that sort of uh, issue? They haven't, that's thing. they didn't really give any like follow up. Like they done a lot of listening, not so much saying, oh yeah, we can do that. We can do that. We can do this. Um, so they've done a lot of listening to us. I mean, they've got to remain kind of secretive because, you know, it's their job and that's Apple's kind of culture, but it's not been fixed yet in iOS 10, which I was a little bit disappointed with. Maybe it'll be fixed in like a future beta. And I've got a few other little issues that I'd like to be fixed. Like one, for example, uh, my app can't tell if you've got the content blocker turned on or off. So, for example, if you've got it turned on, I don't need to tell you the instructions of how to turn it on. I can say, congratulations, it's all switched on. Go browse the internet and have fun. But I can't tell that. So my app always tells you the instructions because it doesn't know any different if you've followed them or not. That's something I'd like to see added as well, but it hasn't been added yet. Maybe it'll get added in a future beta. I mean, it's not... For them, it's probably not a high-priority issue because they're working on a web browser, you know, one of the biggest web browsers in the world, I guess, since it's on every iOS device's default. But who knows? Hopefully they've, uh, they'll take them on board for like one of the future releases. Just one random quick question. Can you see or is there a log kept of just how many adverts that have been blocked so you can tailor the ad block list to... Uh, for performance-wise, to say re- remove redundant uh, redundant entries? No, there's not. Um, 
which is a shame. I mean, it all boils down to user privacy on that level. Um, it'd be nice to know which rules are getting used and which rules aren't as like an aggregate data set, you know, across all devices that's got installed. But um, no, that's not possible at all. Basically, I get no information back about the user, um, which is fine. I'm perfectly happy with, but um, it does stop things like that where you can just see what rules are getting used and which rules well, I suppose, aren't. let's face it, if you could extract those sort of stats from the app, it wouldn't be too much of an imagination that somewhere, somewhere along the line, the ad agencies would actually create their own ad blocker and see how it works and see how it goes and start processing raw data based on that, and that would just be a, a whole mess. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the thing. You've got to look at when you're making an API You've got to look at how it's going to get you, how you want it to be used, and also balance how it can be abused. There's two things to consider. You know, what are the best people going to do with it, and what are the worst people going to try to do with it? And um, that's probably one of them. So, Crystal's been out for how long now? Is it about nine months, am I thinking, or is it six? Oh, middle of September. So. As we both tried oh, mentally, so let's go with yeah. well, let's go about eight months, more and more or less. Crystal Two, that's going to be coming out. Is there a time scale for Crystal Two? Have you got some sort of time in mind? You're going to push it out for the best marketing slash push, or are you just going to drop it when it's ready? I want to try and do a marketing push for it, just to just do another pump in sales. And I've got a really cool feature that I'm going to try and add for September which is all down to a few different variables if I can get things done in time for then. And also release a Mac version. Um, They've made a few changes with how Safari extensions work on the new version of Safari on the Mac, which which will affect the latest release, El Capitan and Sierra, when it gets released. So I want to try and get it on the Mac as well as the third platform. So I've got a busy few months ahead trying to get all that together are you going to be doing a beta and is there and if so is there a way for people to get in contact with you to say yeah i'll do some testing for you um yeah i'm, I'm thinking of, of opening up another round of beta. that testing. was a hint for me to get a beta um, testing copy by the way that was it was nothing i'll be honest it's nothing more than a shallow way to say yeah i'll have a go uh yeah yeah you're certainly welcome to it um hopefully i'll be tweeting that out i'm not sh- not really sure with this new feature, I'm adding whether to promote it before as a beta or not. But um, yeah, oh, I'm definitely considering it. If it's a good idea, hold it back because you know if you release it, someone else will come up with a similar thing and maybe pip you to the post. Is there anything new in Crystal 2.0 that you can tell us about now? Which is it going to give too much away? Yeah, so um, I could say some of the features. So it's going to have the option for acceptable ads, so you can support websites that that allow you know where their adverts meet a specific criteria and that criteria is fully open and transparent on acceptableads.org um it's got user whitelisting so you can um, whitelist sites of your choice it's got um a few different filter options mainly focused around um privacy so you can block a lot of trackers i'm, I'm trying to separate ads and tracking because some people don't mind one or the other so i'm trying to just make it more granular while trying to keep it simple as well and i'm looking at um 
cookie warnings if you're in the EU, which we soon probably won't be, I guess. You uh, get all these EU cookie warnings pop up as a legal thing, so possibly blocking them. Um, and yeah, if you are, if you have a little features, I'll keep secret for now. Yeah, there was that whole thing in the... Uh, it's, at least the government have finally admitted that the UK snoopers charters law would put an end to um, devices where you can't have a bank door. So at least they finally, finally acknowledged that. But let's not go down that <laughs> rabbit hole because I could I could sense Carl <laughs> venting and waiting to release that. <laughs> so if you had to sum up the last year of your life very quickly, how would you sum it up in where are your plans going to be good next? Are you going to concentrate just on Crystal or have you got ideas for other projects coming along? Yeah, I've, I've got... One more project I'm working on, and it's either going to be a feature of Crystal or it's going to be its own separate product, probably with a Crystal branding. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm very, I'm in two minds of how to release it because it can be its own separate product or it can be part of Crystal. So I'm trying to work out what to do there. Um, but, yeah, for the, for the near future, it's definitely going to be Crystal Focus, especially bringing it over to the Mac and then also seeing what other opportunities arise before then, whether I get to talk at other events. Oh, I'm, I actually, I did forget, I'm down in London next week to talk at uh, some events about, ad, uh, some advertising event about ad blocking. So that's going to be interesting. Again, so at the end of the show, I think we've recorded this, same with you the details, I'll put it all on the website in the show notes and so people can, you know, can find out. So with Crystal 2, is are you prepared to say now if it's going to be a free app? Will it be a free period? Or are you going to try and do this whole subscription thing that Apple seemed to be you know, quite wanting to push a little bit? Yeah, well, it seems to be sustaining well at the moment as a paid app. So I'm looking to keep it that way. Although I do want to explore what the options are like to whether it, it can be made free with a subscription. That's something I definitely want to explore. I'd w- I definitely would want to do it in a way where if you've already previously paid for it, I wouldn't want you to have to, you know, pay for it again and subscribe to it. So it's it's quite hard balance, balancing, um, you know, balancing yeah. people who've paid for it with trying to you know, extract money out of them. That's not something I'd, I want to do. It, it's, and you don't really know how people are going to, you know, react to subscription pricing. Because, you know, no one's really doing it yet as for normal normal apps. So I, I'm definitely going to not rush into it and just look at it and see how the market reacts to it. And, you know, just see if it's something for me. I mean, with Crystal, it is constantly getting updated. So I'm constantly updating the filter list and block list. So it is something where I'm constantly putting work in, even if it doesn't get noticed. So it's definitely a good candidate for um, subscription, subscription pricing. But not too sure. I mean, I think I've always been a, a fan of taking out a subscription in my world for taking out a subscription where I can subscribe to the features that matter for me. For example, there's a blogging app that I use where for me, it's a little bit expensive because it's got half the features I don't want to use, but I would quite happily pay a lesser subscription for the more focused features to be enabled, like saying you pay subscribe for a pound a month or a dollar a month to enable this feature, and then for another 50 cents on top of that, you can enable this feature as well. That's just, but then again, that's just my personal take on it. (laughs) It does worry me about the amount of subscription apps and especially how they price themselves because some apps 
I think they feel they can charge more than they actually can, but then I always have to reason that out with, well, maybe the smaller companies should charge more than the bigger companies. But I don't know if that mindset works in this day and age of, you know, if anyone has to pay more than a pound or a dollar for an app, it's an absolute outrage. Yeah, it's, I mean, if if they had subscriptions last year, chances are would have made it free with subscriptions, um, you know, give it free for a month. And then, of course, you're going to want to pay for it because it's just changed the way you've browsed the web. You know, why wouldn't you pay a dollar every six months or a dollar every three months for it? So, but but it's it's just very difficult now. I've, you know, established a big user base who have paid for it. And then saying to them, oh, yeah, now you're going to have to pay again for it and then again for it and again for it. And I wouldn't want them to have paid for an app, which then becomes dysfunctional because they haven't paid for it again. Um, so it's kind of just trying to balance that. So that's why I'm going to try and avoid subscriptions for now or maybe limit it to a few new features that people might want or might not want and they can make a choice if it's worth it to them. Like like you said, there with your blogging platform that you use. So it's it's definitely hard to find the right monetization platform for your app. That's, that's one of the big struggles, especially for people who are... It takes a lot of different skills to make an app. You know, you've got to develop and design it. And then you've also got to think of marketing. And that's something I'm not the best with, but I've done a great job with Crystal. I, I can... Yeah, those graphs got absolutely everywhere. You know, they they were... It was, <laughs> it was amazing because you you did bring to light... I think everybody knew it, but I don't think anyone had actually gone, right, well, this is actually what's happening because you actually took benchmarks and details. And we'd all, we all knew that there was a bit of a... You know, a price to pay for adverts and news in the web, but I don't think anyone ever realised that. My word, you know, look at, you know, look at this, look at the data that's being consumed. Look at the yeah. overheads. Yeah, and they're and they're still not. They still haven't improved in the past twelve months. So, you know, it's a very slow moving industry, the advertising industry, and hopefully they're going to start reacting to ad blocking a lot more. But that's the thing. I've done a great job at marketing Crystal, but that's because I think it's a product that marketed itself. I don't think I could, you know, release another product and market it with the same sort of success. You know, if you got put Apple allows ad blocking four times faster loads web pages in a headline, that's yeah, you know, same, instant yeah, clicks. And also it can be very spammy, isn't it? You you do run that risk of becoming one of those web pages well there's apps saying click here to download this to make your pc or mac faster <laughs> so it's it's i, I <laughs> yeah, don't exactly. envy the position that you're in but no the headlines for apple allows ad blocking and ad blocking is really good for performance just write themselves and everyone just wants to share them articles and i was just lucky enough to you know it'd be the right place right time blogging about it Completely agree with you. So one thing I always like to ask of my guests is we have a section on the website, um, on the podcast called Worth a Chirp. Have you got anything or any apps or anything you want to put a Worth a Chirp about? Am I allowed to say Pokemon Go? Because I've been playing oh, a lot of Pokemon th- Go. I thought we were going <laughs> to do it. I thought... We could have a show <laughs> where we weren't mentioning that app, which, by the way, isn't working at the moment because what the it looks like there's a worldwide outage at the moment. There's friends all over the place saying on Facebook, oh, my God, the world has ended. I can't log into Pokemon. <laughs> and I think it was in Central Park earlier on today that there was a rare Pokemon or Pokemon. <laughs> and you just see, like, thousands of people running into the middle <laughs> of the park and you think, 
you're all adults. Grow up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy, but I don't know why I'm addicted. Maybe because it appeals. To, I had, like, you know, I grew up with Pokemon as a kid on Game Boy, and it's the nostalgia of it. And it's it's funny, like when a game like this goes down. Normally, when a game goes down, people say, "Oh, I just go play outside." But now, when this game's gone down, it's what, like, oh, yeah, go back what's inside. the point of being outside? <laughs> it's been so funny because yeah. uh, we we had a there was a memo that went round in work saying, "Dear staff." Please note, what Pokemon walks are not allowed. You're here to do your job. Because you were getting people just getting up from their desks and going walking around trying to find them. Uh, the other day, I was like walking the dogs on the beach and you just see these kids coming out of hedgerows and going up these blibbing cliffs in mountains to go and catch one. I almost run over someone on their phone uh, walking in the middle of the road and you just think... It does say, you know, be careful. Um, but then again, I might just be slightly bitter because, A, as Carl likes to point out, I'm old and not down with the kids, and I'm only <laughs> at level two. Oh, I'm level 10. And um, I've seen a lot, a lot of uh, businesses as well online, not any local ones yet, have just promoted that, you know, there's a poker stop in their business um, or, near, or look, within range of their business. And if you catch a, a rare Pokemon and show it to them, you get, like, you know, a discount off. Yeah, a pint of beer or you know whoa whoa wow hang on i'm suddenly interested now if i catch pokemon <laughs> i get free bit right thank you very much for coming on dean yep. <laughs> down to the pub no uh, okay i'll skip pokemon go i'll I, I bought a toy recently um and the app for it is absolutely fantastic it's um it's a drone a dji a dji phantom and they got a companion app, the dji go and for those of you who don't know, you've got this big remote control and you plug your phone in and it gives you like a live stream of what this drone sees. And you can record videos, take pictures. Um, and I've just been having a lot of fun with it. I took it over to Spain last week and took some great videos around the sand dunes and the coast and everything. So that's been a lot of fun getting into aerial photography and aerial videography. So um, that's one app that I recommend, but it's pretty much useless unless you buy a drone. Fantastic. Just having a look now. Um, I don't have a word for chirp this week, so maybe I shouldn't have done that segment. <laughs> so all that remains then, Dean, is how can people get a hold of you? Where can they find that app? And how can they follow you on the social media? Go ahead. You, this is your opportunity to plug anything and everything you want to do. Cool. Um, so if you want to find Crystal, you can find that at crystalapp.co. If you want to find me, I'm on Twitter and my username is at Crafty Dino. Dean, thank you very much for coming on. This is an interview that I've wanted to do for the longest time to catch up with you to find out what's going on because quite often you, you, not enough people I don't feel do follow-up stories. They have this thing where, oh, he's popular or this is popular right now. And because we had a gap in the schedule, there's something I want to do. So thank you very, very much for, well being in one location long enough and not jetting off somewhere to be able to come on the show. It's, it's much appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, no, thanks a lot for having me. It's been a lot of fun. So there you are, ladies and gents. You can get hold of Dean via the ways he just said. And thank you all for listening to the show. Once again, thank you, Carl, last week for stepping in and doing the show. Hopefully, we're going to be all back together next week to do a regular Essential Apple show. You can find me on the Twitter at Essential Apple One or via Ocean Speed or via the website EssentialApple.com. And until next time. Take it easy, everyone.